Welcome back to the NatMatSci podcast brought to you by the National Mathematics and Science College. This is the podcast to let you find out more about NatMatSci by hearing staff and students talking about their experiences, all unscripted and unplugged, so that you can hear what life is really like at the college. Now, in this episode, we're getting into computer science as we talk to the new teacher of the subject, Adam DePledge. We talk about applications of computer science in the real world. We talk about AI, because really, how could we not? And we talk about what Adam's looking forward to about joining NatMatSci in September. That's what's coming up in this episode. So come with me now as we speak to the new teacher of computer science. It's Mr. Adam DePledge. Adam, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great to have you on here. And we're recording this in the afternoon on a Monday. So you'll be joining the school in September and you'll be joining in the position of teacher of computer science. Tell us a little bit about about what got you into teaching and into education in the first place. Okay, well, I, I did a computer science degree. Um, and as I was uh, coming towards the end of my degree, uh, a lot of my contemporaries were going into jobs as full-time coders, full-time network sort of positions and sort of things. And much as I enjoyed my degree, I had a really good time. I'd always loved computer science since even before I did my degree. Um, I just really got the sense that wasn't for me. So I, I did the, the very stereotypical thing and took a year out and went to Thailand for a year and, and traveled around and did all those lovely things you can do. Uh, when you're that sort of age and I, I talked to some very old and wise people uh, and at the end of that sort of process thought, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go into teaching for maybe two years and just see how it goes and then maybe after I've been teaching for a couple of years maybe I'll go to industry maybe mm. I'll do something completely different and 18 years later <laughs> here I still am teaching and still really enjoying it and still loving loving it and and having a real passion for it. So yeah, I feel very lucky to have stumbled upon this career. It wasn't what I thought I was going to do when I started my degree, but uh, now I wouldn't do anything else really. So what was your first position in teaching and where was that? So I did um, what was called at the time, I don't think it exists anymore. I did something called a graduate training program, uh, which was basically where they threw you in at the deep end. I was at a, uh, in quite a rough area of, of Birmingham, um, at uh, a school in, in Small Heath in Birmingham. I was actually teaching... It, it was called ICT um, that we were teaching at the time. Things have sort of come full, full circle a little bit earlier. Earlier on, computer science, what was taught, was what was taught. And then we moved to teaching ICT, so sort of teaching how to use computers. And now we've sort of come back around to computer science, which suits me a lot better. But at the time, yeah, I was uh, I, I trained in Birmingham um, as an ICT teacher um, before moving work-wise. I've always lived in Coventry, but I moved and, and started teaching at schools in Coventry, teaching ICT there. And the difference then between computer science and ICT, apart from the obvious name, is is the actual foundation the same in both? So there's a certain amount of overlap between them. Probably the, so the analogy that we usually use is that ICT is like teaching you how to drive a car, whereas computer science is like teaching you to be a, a car mechanic. So ICT is all about how you use a computer. So how you make a presentation using a computer or how you make an animation using a computer or how you set up a website even using a computer, whereas computer science is really about getting underneath the, the hood or the bonnet, depending on your uh, lingua, you know, and really understanding on a really deep and fundamental level how computers work and, and the science behind them, really. Uh, that's always 
has been my passion more than using computers. Although obviously, like everybody, I, I use computers, and and that's digital literacy, as we refer to it. So it's a really important skill. But com computer science is really is where I'm at. Okay, so Captain Obvious here is saying that um, that the computers are all around us. You know, everywhere we go, we got computers, computers, computers. But why is computer science such an important thing to study at A-level? Well, I, I mean, whenever, I, and you do get asked this uh, question quite often as, as teachers, oh, why, is, why is your subject important um, by parents and by uh, pupils? Uh, my stock uh, sort of immediate response is, you know, well, computers aren't getting any less important in our lives, are they? And algorithms, code networks data all of these things are absolutely foundational to the kind of world that we live in and the way that we live our lives and so many decisions uh and so many just facets of the way that we live our lives now are decided by algorithms even obviously ai is massively in the news at the moment with uh chat gpt um and some of those other things that have uh, been discussed a lot in the press recently but even before that um, algorithms, the YouTube algorithm, how social media works into so much of that is decided by computer science. And, you know, people like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg uh, are some of the most powerful and influential people in our society. And they're not powerful and influential because we decided they should be or because anybody voted for them or because they had good policies. They're, they're powerful and influential because they understood the power of algorithms and the power of data that's how they got where they are today and so as i say computer science isn't going away it's not getting any less important and actually understanding these kind of concepts is just going to become more and more of a foundational part of how you get on in any part of society really so it's interesting isn't it you mentioned mark zuckerberg you mentioned bill gates i mean they, they are obvious things to bring out because they are sort of if you look to the, a normal distribution curve they're, they're the people who are at the right at the top end of well, certainly in terms of earnings, if, if, if nothing else. But they're really using computer science and algorithms and data to, well, essentially to their advantage. How about the, the everyday person on the street? What could we all be doing in order to at least keep up with everybody else? I think having an understanding of the intentionality of algorithms and the intentionality of technology compared to how it actually affects us what i mean by that really is if you if you take a look at something like the youtube algorithm for example the youtube algorithm was really designed with one purpose in mind um, and that was to bring more advertising dollars pounds to youtube and um, we sometimes talk about you know algorithms like the the youtube algorithm as if they're sort of a a bond baddie or an mcu baddie that they're they've got this intentionality behind them and the way that computer science is developing at the moment a lot of the time there's these things that we call emergent behaviors where the actual intentionality behind a piece of code that was written behind the way big data is being used behind these algorithms isn't the same as the actual outcome and um so just carrying on with the youtube example for a minute there's um that people discovered after the YouTube algorithm had been running for, you know, for some time, purely and simply set up with this idea of the longer eyeballs stay on YouTube, uh, the more YouTube will make advertising dollars. There are these things called YouTube rabbit holes. And YouTube rabbit holes were basically the way that a huge number of the extremists, either, you know, religious extremists, 
or political extremists or, you know, extremists of any kind who were willing to do, you know, bad things for their cause, they were radicalised by the YouTube algorithm by accident. Because what they found was that people would stay on the site for longer the more extreme content that they were fed. And so they were starting off with uh, quite benign videos that they're watching. And so, and then they were gradually spiraling down and down into more and more extreme content, which was causing them to be radicalized. And that, that wasn't something that was written into the algorithm. It was a, it was an unintended consequence. And actually, if we understand the algorithm and we understand how these kind of products that are so central to our lives are being created through computer science, then we can have a much greater agency over our own lives and a much greater um, decision-making power about how we let things affect us just by understanding the computer science that goes behind them, that it's not some kind of Machiavellian genius scheme, but it's we're still, to, to many in many ways, we're still in the, the wild west of the development of technology. Things are moving forward incredibly quickly um, and there's a complete lack of re regulation about the way things are being developed and only by understanding how how they work and how they're being developed um, gain a greater sense of control over them really. So whenever people talk in the media about algorithms and things like echo chambers and these things that you're talking about that these rabbit holes is often in a very negative way should the everyday person be concerned about this or actually are we being slightly naive and looking at it in a slightly overly fearful way i think i think we're absolutely right to be concerned i think people have got legitimate reasons to be concerned about these the way these algorithms are being deployed i think being being fearful is not a positive response to that the, the only response really as far as i'm concerned and obviously i would say this because i'm an educationalist but the the only reasonable response to those kind of concerns is to educate yourself about these issues it's only through educating yourself that you're going to make informed decisions and that you're going to encourage the you know the politicians the legislators the police the people who work on your behalf to keep you safe we need an educated populace and we need educated legislators and you know there was um, quite a lot of derision in the computer science community uh, when mark zuckerberg was was interviewed uh, by the US Senate a few years ago because the senators who were interviewing just clearly did not understand even the basic rudiments of how social media software works and the algorithms behind it and the code behind it and the AI behind it and all the rest of it. And so, again, the answer there is it is, we can be concerned. We don't just need to be concerned and we, we don't need to react fearfully because this stuff is not going away. AI is not going away. Algorithms are not going away. Social media is not going away. We can't close Pandora's box or put the rabbit back in the hat or whatever you know, metaphor you, you choose to use in that scenario, you know, with AI, there's this talk of, well, perhaps we should pause it for six months or something. But as I say, you're not going to stop that ultimately. Um, and so what we need to do is to educate ourselves and to to push for and laws and regulations and to have governance of it that is going to be in our interests. Because once we understand that the, the algorithms, the AI, aren't evil, um, they're not out to get us, but they're also they're also not really made with our best interests at heart necessarily. They're indifferent to our best interests. Um, and once we understand that, and through computer science, we can gain a much deeper understanding of that, 
then we can react in a way that's positive and appropriate and not just fearful. So I'm almost nervous to ask you a question about AI, especially given that we're recording this episode uh, in the summer term and and it's not going to be going out immediately. Uh, and with AI advancing at the speed that it is, I'm slightly fearful that anything we talk about now may be out of date by the time this episode comes out. However, I do want to ask you how you see or any indication that you might have as to how the teaching of computer science or the learning of computer science may change in the coming months, years, or take it shorter term, even weeks, uh, regarding AI? I think it, it absolutely will change. I think I think there's there's no doubt about that. And, you know, understanding AI is going to be absolutely critical as part of that. And I think we need to understand that it's going to it's going to move in unpredictable ways you know about 5 years ago i used to no not even 5 years ago probably 3 years ago i used to teach a lesson um to year 8 pupils so 12 and 13 year old pupils about what we call the limits of computation compu computability um and the limits of computation and we were talking about well you know Computers didn't used to be able to beat humans at chess, and now they can easily beat humans at chess. And and then even after they could beat humans at chess, they still couldn't beat humans at poker because poker contains elements of psychology. And so now computers can beat humans at, at poker as well. And even sort of this lesson three years ago, and, and perhaps I was naive, but we, we ended the lesson by saying, well, what are some of the things that computers will probably never be able to do they'll never be able to make art or tell a funny joke or write a song you know and even sort of three four years ago that was a pretty widely held belief that you'd never you'd never really have computers that could create convincing art or write an original joke and now if you look at what some of these ais that are coming out now that are available you know freely over the internet they're beginning to do some of those things so i think one thing um, we can say is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know exactly where AI is going to go. But again, it's going to make computer science more important, not less important. I think that's that's very clear to me that some parts of computer science, like some of the co writing of code, you know, some of those jobs in computer science might disappear because of AI. That's that's probably true. There might be less developer jobs or other types of jobs within computer science because of AI. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that we're going to need computer scientists. We're going to need computer scientists that really understand how this AI works, what its potential is, also what its limitations are, so that we can drive it into the future. And, you know, in the same way that the, the calculator didn't get rid of the need for mathematicians, um, having an AI that can do some of the things that need to be sort of done by hand if you like by computer science at the moment isn't going to obviate the need for computer scientists the the opposite is true interesting times that we're in and uh, going to get more interesting yeah. for sure um let's just take it back to natmatsai for for a moment adam tell me one of the things that attracted you to natmatsai regarding your career and going there to work yeah it was, it was an interesting process really because I, I really wasn't looking for a job, to be honest. I'd, I've been at my current school for 11 years now, and I was very happy here in many ways. It's a, it's a lovely place to work. And uh, so 
I, I, I knew uh, Martin Colliver, who's the head of computer science at NatMat, so I a little bit by reputation because he does quite a bit for the exam board. And I saw that he was uh, he was talking about the job at NatMat, so on a Facebook group that we're mutually part of. And although I wasn't looking at it, I'm naturally a little bit of a nosy person, as most of us are, and you know, on social media. And I thought, oh, I thought Martin uh, worked at Warwick School. I, I, I didn't realise he'd, he'd moved a few years ago. Um, as it turned out. Uh, and so I just sort of looked out of curiosity and I thought, oh, that's 10 minutes from my house. And I, I didn't even know that place existed. And so, but the more I looked into uh, Natmatsai, the more fascinated I was. And it just seems like a really singular place, a really unique place in many ways and a fascinating place. And so I sort of threw together a job application, sort of, I thought, well, I'll, I'll apply. I probably won't won't take the job if I'm offered it because I'm quite happy where I am but uh, you know I'll go and have a little look uh why not what's the worst that can happen but the more I found out about it and the more time of the limited time that I spent there the more I just got this sense of this it just walking around the corridors it sounds all very cheesy and cliche but really it really was true just walking around the corridors I thought this is really the you know I, I'm a geek you know, and I make no, no secret of this fact. And I love my subject. I love learning. I love education. And I walked around that Matt's eye and I thought, this is my kind of place. These are, these are my kind of people. You know, these, these are people that are really, really genuinely passionate about learning, about the STEM subjects and about really pushing the boundaries of, of what our subjects can be. And, and I guess to an extent, it's it's different when you're teaching students who've actively chosen to do these particular subjects as, as opposed to teaching younger children who who do it because it's part of the national curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've I've taught students down to the age of 11 um, for my for my whole career. And I enjoy that in many ways. But the, the, my favorite part of my job has always been teaching the older students and teaching the A-level students just because there is that shared passion there, I think, and that real deep interest and and that willingness to sort of not just look at, you know, what's on the syllabus, what what what's the lesson about today, but actually say, well, okay, well, why are we learning this? What's what's the importance of what we're learning here? And and to ask those deeper questions, that that's always been my favorite part of my teaching role. And so to come somewhere where that's that's all of my teaching role is that sort of teaching. I'm really excited to get started. It feels like a development that just suits me really well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I've got a lot to offer there and I'm, I'm really excited to get going. Adam, we've talked about computer science and we've talked about other things like AI and we talked about uh, why you're looking forward to starting there. Tell us a bit about what you get up to when you're not at work though. So I've I've got a five-year-old called Freya and a, a three-year-old called Theo. So they take up a, a huge amount of uh, my free time looking after my kids. I spent all of yesterday afternoon at a, a soft play center where uh, Freya was at a, a birthday party. So my kids and my wife are a huge uh, part of my life and a part, huge part of what I do outside of school is, is look after them. I'm also a big football fan. So at time of recording Coventry City may or may not be in the Premier League next season probably by I'm sure by the time anybody hears this uh, we'll know whether Coventry will be uh, traveling to Manchester United and Liverpool or um, Ipswich and uh, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday next year so um, yeah I'm a big big football fan also um, 
into the very stereotypical computer science things of uh, playing video games and reading sci-fi books. Uh, but yeah, that's me, really. What's the last good sci-fi book that you read then? I've been reading, I was inspired by watching the um, the Dune uh, films. So I've been rereading some of the, well, reading, sorry, some of the Dune uh, prequels but i'm also i'm also having a bit of a mythology kick at the moment i've been uh, reading some just uh, some greek mythology uh, books at the moment so uh stephen fry's uh, done a really really good series on greek mythology so uh i'm uh, yeah quite deep into a bit of mythology at the moment in my reading awesome <laughs> i might go and check that one out myself sounds very interesting um adam i'm keeping an eye on time we need to bring this to a close now but i just wanted to say thank you for being here and talking to us today it's been really good finding out about what you've been doing in the past, what you're doing right now, what you're looking forward to, and then a few other things besides. But thank you very much for your time, Adam. Thank you. It's been great. So that was Adam DePledge, the new teacher of computer science, talking to us about what we can expect and what he's looking forward to in the future. Thank you, Adam, for being with us today. So good to hear from you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.